in your uh, talk the other night, mm -hmm. love, not yes. loving kindness. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that you said, and I've heard this in previous talks as well, yes. mm -hmm. um, that one of the... In one of the indicators, certainly not the only indicator, but one of the indicators that we can look to uh, with regard to our Dharma practice mm. and uh, the level at which the Dharma practice is functioning, growing, developing mm. inner insight and wisdom within us um, is the um, amount of loving love in yes. our lives, loving mm. connection with mm. friends, with community, mm. with family. Mm. Um, and so, I, upon some reflection yes. mm -hmm. after that, um, I was looking at my life, my family, in my home, my wife and my child, and my community, um, just as I mentioned very briefly in, mm. the, in the group, um, beautiful community with uh, a lot of depth and a lot of heart mm. connection, a lot of, and um, so I, I was looking at that, and in no way is anything perfect, obviously, but, but a lot of those qualities mm. have emerged in my yes. life to a great extent, however, and that's where my question's coming, um, the one person that, that stood out, and I bet you're guessing it already, uh, family member is the father, and um, it's been a really, um, it's been an interesting life. It's been filled with little, some abuse growing up, mm -hmm. little physical abuse growing up. Not to minimize it, but, mm -hmm. um, but, but you and I and G hyphen D know that I'm not looking for a therapy session here. So, um, good. The, the, the question has to do with skillful means, skillful mm. relationship mm. in what could be perceived as, I don't know, a, a difficult, challenging mm. kinds of, of situation. Um, as I grew up through my life, I'm one of five. And, mm. uh, many of my brothers and sisters were targeted as having mm. fault. Uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit about my father um, more and they would be attacked for whatever things, and you'd, there'd be heat. Mm -hmm. And I kind of was heat-free. Mm. It was pretty sweet. Um, it wasn't sweet to watch the heat on mm. others, but I was pretty heat-free. And then one of my father's um, buddies um, turned him on to the wonderful, amazing world of Rush Limbaugh. Do you get that on BBC over there? <laughs> wonderful world of... Rush Limbaugh. We have a radio commentator. I see. Mm -hmm. I don't think the BBC no, and no, no. very my tongue is thrust hard in my cheek. Uh, we're talking about right wing radio. We're talking about mm -hmm. hardcore mm. hate radio. You oh. could pretty easily argue. So one of his friends turned him on to that, and that was sort of the birth of his entry into politics. Mm. He never. He, he. I used to hear him as a child say, oh, "Politics. Don't talk about politics because politics yeah. equals conflict in conversation." Um. So, you know, from our previous conversations, I think that my practice, Dharma practice, and my manifestation in the world in terms of my profession, my livelihood, and so forth, is very, very deeply connected to, mm. you know, air, land, water, people, mm, community, and um, the protection of all those things, mm. and 
including anti-war and, and the whole thing. So here we have the stage set of, mm. of someone who's kind of discovered through uh, this person on the radio yeah. that fits perfectly with his deeper levels of fear and his um, a lot of suppressed yeah. rage and yeah. anger. Um, and so, so the question I have to with for you has to do with um, the, these dynamics that arise, and what is a skillful way to meet them, mm. and a skillful way to uh, not get caught up in stories yeah. and dramas and uh, and and holding and all mm. of the things that create lots of suffering. Just very very briefly. Any, any contact with the father in the present? Yeah. He's, a, he's alive and well. And he lives very close. And lives close. Sometimes too close. <laughs> no <way. laughs> uh, One is past and one is present. Sometimes the difficulties of the past become the insight and the inspiration for the present. So, your father's uh, uh, attitude, his relationship to his children, his political views, whatever, for some, the, the view and the intensity and whatever else, little abuse, whatever it might be, which comes over, for some, it lands inside in such a way that there is a knowing, this is not the way I wish to live. This is not what matters. And it actually... brings the best out in some extraordinary way. So that relationship to community, relationship to resources, relationship to land, water and air is significantly influenced by past authority in a different way. So you must keep faith with what your present perception and lifestyle actually is. And sometimes in the dance of life, the negative features bring the best out of us. Nothing goes to order. Just where it lands. Someone else different constitutional makeup could become a clone of your father. Have the same view, same political, whatever it might be, same aggression, whatever it might be, whatever it might be that you... So we've got to keep faith. 
how does it rest and settle in within? Is the lifestyle in accordance with awareness, with uh, love, with some realization about connectedness? And what I hear sounds like it, sounds like it is. With that as the basis, <coughs> would the father be a problem? Only to the extent that I have difficulty dealing with what's happening in the world. I mean, in some ways, he's like the flesh and blood, literally blood manifestation of the problems of the world. And problems of the world arise, and then his voice and his you know, limited view of them mm. come back. And so... Could be useful, couldn't it? Mm. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, if you've got that echo around you uh, uh, a, li- a, little, a little bit, there's no assurance, obviously, that there can be any qualitative change to your good father's view or perception there. How does he relate to you? It's a trip. With your semi-ponytail and uh, <laughs> funky T-shirts and, and uh, Indian hip trousers. How does he uh, relate to all of that? It's, it's interesting, you know. And the he, earring as well, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> I don't think he's noticed it. Yeah. It's, only been in, it's only been in ten years. Um, it's interesting because he, like, he loves us. Like, he... As best he can, he expresses it, and at the same time, yeah, he's my landlord. I pay him some rent, but I pay him really cheap rent. You could argue that either way. And, yeah, yeah. But, but there's right, a tremendous right. amount of generosity. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's very wealthy. He gives yeah, gifts yeah. that are generous and things. And so there's this generosity, and my mother used to say, tell him you love him. I love you. you know, <laughs> <laughs> I love you, kid. You know, so he never knew how to just like hug and love. You know, men like that just squirm. They yeah. hear that language of love. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. So, even in California. <laughs> so. Um. So there's, it's strange, it's kind of schizophrenic. There's this love and then there's this kind of fight, challenge, you know, fear. And I feel like there's like this challenge, like, you know, you know, my friend Liam here could say the same thing that I'd say and he would engage Liam, but with me it's like, God, like Oedipus, complex or whatever the hell the Greek myth is you know the mm-hmm. and um, so it, it's strange I mean there's definitely some positive stuff there I find it difficult to find sometimes because I sometimes can be become very fixated on the other but mm. but the, the means of engagement is always you know what do you think about this and I'll say I'll say ah, 
you know, Saddam Hussein bombed the World Trade Center and there were yeah, weapons yeah. there and, you know, mm -hmm. and there, there will always be um, you know, sort of fodder for, yeah. uh, for you know, conflict. There, there will always be a, sort of an attack, not a vicious attack, but no. an impatient kind of, kind of way. A little mixture of the voices here, without laboring the point uh, too much. The immediate responses recognize the love that comes from your father and from you to him. It comes over. And in the various gestures, support for you, etc. Mm. Even asking what your political views are. And of course he's knowing full well that so yours are not his. Sure. Hmm? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know. People who are rich don't usually dress like you. So uh, he's got a, a very visible picture of his son's in a, has a different view. The fact of the communication, the moment you want to fight him, you just internalized your good father. That's your father talking. Hmm. The moment you want to fight him. This. <laughs> <laughs> I can. I, I mean, I can feel that when it yeah, rises. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. It's your old man, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> mm. I didn't hear anything to worry about. Really. Lifestyle is good. Values are good. Community contact with nature. Lifestyle is authentic. It's a, it's a sustainable one. Father is giving support to it. Low rent. Especially in this part of the world. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something. He deserves lots of appreciation and gratitude. For that. For that alone. And your mother's words... You know, of the expression of love, you have to find ways which he can hear. He thinks you've gone completely off your trolley if you hug him. Mm. He hugs. Uh, he hugs. Yeah. God, even in Yeah, he, I right. mean, that nice. was growing up. Yeah. All right, he, he all right. Hugs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good. Yeah. Good, keep hugging. Good. But I didn't hear problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean for me the the challenge is just you know the holding conflict holding and mm. how fast can it be released and how fast can I let go of that. I yeah. mean that's the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. For me. Absolutely. And when there is contact with the father as we said with the person who sat here the other day I do think the sense of coming in with preparation Mm. Warmth and presence. Before the eyes meet, matter a great deal. Mm. Otherwise, we'll only come in with memory. Love or loving kindness, which one? Mm. So, in some cases, either way, in this case. Mm. Right? So, if we just come in out of habit, we'll bring our <coughs> habit. Mm. The habit could be defensiveness. The habit could 
be, oh, it's going to be a fight or difficult. And the mind comes in with that set, and very easily that's what will happen. But if we come in from a softer place, come in really present to the situation, with warmth and connection, all things are possible. Okay. Go ahead, Amy. Thank you. <coughs> yeah, still pressed, is it? There you go. Okay. Right. Yes, go on. Yep. Go on. Um, this morning, uh, sorry for the late bell, I, uh, I uh, woke up and I got there and I looked at the timesheet and I said, oh yeah, ring the bell at, you know, 6.45 and, mm-hmm. and uh, Ruby said, oh yeah, ring it a little early so everyone yeah. gets ready, you know. And I looked at the sheet and I said, oh, I've been ringing it early every morning, I've been waking up everybody earlier than normal. <laughs> so I get there, and right when I ring it at later, I realize that it's late. So anyway, it was a funny... We don't care. Right. But I couldn't remember this morning, so it was, right. at, the, at the time it was funny. And, um, so what would you like to touch on today? Oh. Um, yesterday, uh, you brought the question up, what... What do we bring to the situation yeah. when uh, when we bring when we bring um, yeah. when we bring uh, what is it protection and uh, reaction reaction. Reaction? Mm-hmm. Blame. blame. Blame, yeah. Yeah. Protection and blame. Yeah. And um, I thought it was, uh, for me, it was, it was fear. 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 If I bring those two up, I bring fear mm. of it. Yes. Of it. Because yeah. you can't really bring fear. You can just bring fear of it, whatever, mm. to the situation. All right. So you look at a situation, and they mentioned in the uh, talk last night how easy it is. We kind of, we kind of split our inner life, and we want to to protect, right? Protect ourselves, protect the situation, protect somebody else, protect the place, and with that movement, there would be a movement. Blame would be one, right? Or uh, fear, right? Hmm? We want to protect ourselves, therefore we're afraid to act, to speak. Yeah. We want to protect this, and we're afraid that somebody else will um, stop our protection. Right. Or what are you going to protect do? the other or protect myself? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. go for our life in a living, a daily life of. Protection and fear, yeah. protection and blame, and think that life is just about living along those lines, protecting what right. we have, blaming those who yeah. try to influence it or affect it. How are we going to get out of this painful separateness? Well, then you said you were, uh, you kind of like the idea of 
of uh, not being wanted, right? Yeah. And, and that's a kind of a hard one. I think most people say, oh, I'd rather be wanted than not wanted, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. to make friends with not being wanted mm -hmm. is almost in the same arena as making friends with fear. All right. So, so I mentioned uh, yesterday, of course, that quite often the feeling of being wanted. Right. Nice, it's a pleasing and satisfying uh, feeling. The more we want to be wanted, to the same degree we are vulnerable, to the same proportion of painful feeling at not being wanted. Right. Has to be. The more I want, the more I'm afraid of being unwanted. Right. And the more it will hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this movement that goes on, and it's a strong one, in the feeling and emotional life. Right. What would help to bring that out of you? To, to explore, to take a real interest in this extraordinary feeling in life of feeling rejected, feeling unwanted, <coughs> feeling blamed, condemned, being yelled at, being put down. Right. It's all being unwanted in many manifestations. Mm -hmm. Well, in a way, you have to... I have to. I have to kind mm. of like it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a little ambitious, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, when you say it, most people think you're crazy. Yeah, right. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> because we've... Fixing the idea a little bit that love is about being wanted. Right. And therefore, not being wanted is also about being unloved. Mm. That we're not worthy, that we're good enough, or right. what, whatever. And this places a dreadful dependency yeah. on the view of others to determine whether our love is steady shaken around by what other people do. So what are you going to do about it? Because you're going to, all of us will find ourselves loved some of the time, not loved some of the time, and put down to our face and behind our back other times. Yeah. Does it matter? Not really. Well, I didn't hear much conviction in the voice, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> what's, going to, what's, what's going to allow the world of words? And sometimes even physical abuse, but even let's take the world of words. What's going to allow you to stay root steady? Loved or unloved, so what? I don't know what it is. But it just does. Say, um, is there any situation that comes to mind for you where you felt dismissed or rejected or unwanted? Oh, yeah. Well, that was clear. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, you don't have to be, no pressure, but would like to be a bit concrete about sure, the specific? the story. Um, mm -hmm. 
um, yeah, my uh, girlfriend at the time had uh, said she doesn't love me anymore, mm -hmm. you know? And um, at first I was like, oh, I'm all right with that, you know? It's okay, you know, I understand. We move on. People change, blah, blah, blah. And, um, but even after a little bit of time and hanging out, um, I still wanted to hang out and, you know, be friends and yeah. whatever. But then uh, about a week or two later, she said she didn't want to have anything to do with me at all, mm. ever. Don't talk to me. Don't call me. No nothing, you know. And um, that really hurt. And uh, it, it made me feel depressed. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, some reason in the depression, there's a... Um, Quite a, quite a fire, mm. and uh, towards the end of the depression, even though it was still depressing, and it was, uh, I think, more difficult for other people around me mm -hmm. to see me or be around me or mm. you know snap out of it, you know, get another girlfriend, blah blah blah, you know, and. Um, but after a while, I started to actually like it. And as soon as I liked it, it went away. Mm. So once some other... So go back to the, the girlfriend mm -hmm. for a moment. Yeah. First was the, the information, she didn't love you. Right. Then followed by some withdrawal. Right. And then a withdrawal which had a kind of uh, absolute, I don't want to see you right. again. What's the sense from your memory of what her intentions were to pull back so far? What do you think? What? what, what? Her intentions? Yeah, yeah. What, 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 what was she pulling back from about you? Uh, she couldn't handle it anymore. I mean, she had, there was so much emotion for her that um, she could, that was the only way she knew how to deal with it. Right. So there's a certain what, intensity of the emotion that went on. Yeah. There. This then got too much, mm -hmm. and then she pulled back. Right. And sometimes there's some insights and learning, obviously, apart from the, the depression yeah. beforehand. Do you, in reflection, feel, maybe a bit unconsciously or intentionally, you fed the intensity of her emotions? Oh, yeah. How? Just by being there. No. Nah. Nah, it's got to be more than that. How did I feed her her emotions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, somewhere, somewhere along the line, mm -hmm. <clears throat> maybe somewhere you kind of got too close. 
Um, Maybe somewhere. Yeah. As I quoted Rilke the other day, we must respect and be the guardian of each other's solitude. Yeah. This is what love is. Hmm. Yeah. Did she have enough space? Obviously not. Obviously not. How would you know in the as a, as, since love is to be the guardian of the other's solitude as much as closeness and intimacy, mm-hmm. how would you know if, not deliberately, you're consuming the other's space? To the end, she has to pull back, pull away, and pull yeah. right out. How, what, would, what would be a sign, a signal? That she was pulling out and pulling out. That she, in the relationship, that somehow or other, she needed more solitude or she needed more space or... I'm asking this to safeguard you in the future. Oh. Um. Don't smother people. Eh? Don't smother people. Sorry? Smother. Don't smother them. All right. right. (coughs) Your awareness with regard to her. Yeah. And most relationships are around space and need. Yeah. Hmm? It sounds like... Of course, she's not here to tell her story, but it sounds like... She felt a bit smothered in the relationship. Yeah. There's two other big factors. Go on. Um, her uh, previous boyfriend was a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And so it was extremely difficult for them because it was right at the same crossover time for them, for me, for her, for mm-hmm. him, yeah. us. And... Also, um, to my knowledge, I didn't realize until later, but she um, she had an abortion mm-hmm. later on, later with me, All right. that I didn't know about no, until yeah. just a little while ago. All right, okay. Appreciate your. So those openness. are two heavy items for her. Major, major, yeah, yeah. major, major, and. The pressure from the old, and sometimes there can be inwardly, emotionally, very strong regrets Mm. about how one relationship finished and a new one started, and if it's close friends. Yes. There. Plus a strong emotional one of uh, a termination of uh, abortion. And if it was kept rather secret or whatever. Even stronger. Yeah. Not surprising, is it? What's that? Not surprising, really. Mm, it didn't surprise me when I found out. No, no. And and she needed, given the, those two, plus whatever closeness you brought to it, to find mm. her space. Oh, yeah. She's done the right thing, in a way. Yeah. Again, maybe absolute at the present, but it may change from her in due course. I've talked to her since then. Yeah. 
I mean, this was quite some time ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. And um, so, I mean, in the, we didn't fully, I didn't get the information from her, but no. anyway, the, the times that we did talk were yeah. very positive and very healing. And, mm. and yeah. uh, so they were good. So it seems inwardly, I mentioned all this from the point of immediacy of realizing and seeing, the initial impact upon you was, as she's saying, I am departing, moving away, moving out of your life, I don't want to see you, etc. Yeah. That brought about a shock which made you feel depressed, mm. made you feel depressed that you couldn't make the shift from partners, lovers to friends, right. and that she'd pulled right out of your life, right. and you'd collapse. So, the conditions, in a heartfelt way, not intellectual, weren't mm -hmm. seen at the time. No. Hmm? One you knew about, called she went from a relationship with a friend to a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. And the other one, a terminated pregnancy, you didn't know. I didn't know. But she went to another relationship right away. Mm. Yeah. There won't be any answer, though. No. What do you think, out of all of this, whole sequence and process, mm -hmm. you've learnt? What do you think stands out in all, all of this? One, situation of life, painful, she withdraws, you feel depressed. What do, what do you think is emerging out of it all? What's the potential to see, as I said last night with the talk? Mm. To be very, very clear, clear, clear about In the end, it'll be all right. <laughs> I don't know. The sequence of the flow uh, and the communication of it, it comes across uh, well and clearly, and appreciation for the specific detail. It, it, it uh, uh, helps a lot. The vulnerability of the edge of the, and the emotions, of course, was her withdrawal had enough impact, her saying to you, you are unwanted in my life, right. had enough impact to... Oh, yeah. Hmm? Lost my job, you know, car broke down, the whole thing. <laughs> Literally, metaphorically, you crashed. Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah, made a country song and everything. <laughs> 
made a what? Country song and everything. Country song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, country songs are always about losing your job. And oh, is it? Oh, I see. I'm sorry. I, I don't live here, you know. All right, okay. All right. Wait a bit. So, if we are not the guardians of the space, hmm? right? And we hardly realize how much we are leaning upon another. Easily happens mm-hmm. in relationship. Yeah. And you're leaning upon, and this person mm-hmm. takes some very big steps back. Yeah. Emotional life has to crash on itself. Right. This is called de- being depressed. Yeah. So the giving her, not only of the love, but love which also gives space, gives you it as well. Oh, yeah. Did the, finally, did the relationship start off a bit messy? Triangular. How was um, the friend? It was your friend or her friend? Your friend? No, her friend. I mean, they yeah. were... Right. Friends, you know, they were together for a long time. They're still friends. And so it felt clean the way the relationship started? No. It didn't? No, it was messy. Messy? Yeah, yeah. Having listened both here and countless one-to-ones over many, many years, it's rather rare that a mess at the beginning of a relationship gets unmessed as time goes by. Yeah. Hmm? There's something about it. If it doesn't start off kind of clean, you know, a clear, yeah. it just sticks around in all sorts of painful ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my current one is a little... Messy too. <laughs> no, it's not messy. All no, right, okay. I mean, it's it's actually uh, rather beautiful and uh, really clear. And um, all right, good. Yeah. So, watch the leaning on. Yeah. Love of space as well as love of uh, intimacy. Watch the for the signals of anything which is going unsaid. Hmm. If she didn't share an abortion with you, she didn't trust you. And sometimes, because one's too close. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. She needed a bit more space to give you a bit more space. Yeah. And space is a doorway to providing freedom of being for both. Yeah. Good. Thanks. Thank you. Right. <clears throat> so, um, 
I guess I've been dealing a lot <clears throat> during this retreat with, with my mind, thoughts, mm-hmm. getting rather frustrated with mm-hmm. them. Uh, and um, had a little talk with Howie this morning. Yeah. Quite nice. And um, said something that I thought was interesting, and that is when my mind is coming in and what I feel to be interrupting peace or whatever, it's just trying to be helpful. Um, Also thinking about another, a Tibetan teacher, I can't remember his name, but he wrote this book about your mind as an ally. Mind as an ally. Mm -hmm. No, but anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So on on this last walking meditation, I was having different labeling than I usually do. Mm. I I actually don't label that much, but Sometimes it's helpful. And mm-hmm. I was realizing when my, when my mind was trying to um, take me out of a bad mood or take mm-hmm. me out of a bad space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I started, lab- oh, soothing. Oh, creating excitement. Oh, really surprising to me um, that, that a function of my mind that I had thought was okay and something I should encourage might perhaps be the same as those thoughts that come in that are judgmental or uh, guilt-inducing or shame-inducing. Well, here's sometimes we're going along during the day <clears throat> and the commentary is coming in. Sometimes, quite appropriately, the commentary comes in as a description. It's called, oh, thinking... Or soothing, or becoming excited, or whatever. And the simple statement, or the simple description, or the commentary, simply helps, and can be valuable, just to give a brief conceptual description to what the experience is. Anything problematic about it? I guess the question that came up for me was mm. then what is insight if what is what insight if if i'm if i'm if my mind is is telling me all these wonderful things in order to make me feel better about myself, then what is truly is insight is it's not. You have to look to the experience here. It's not in order to. So there is a feeling called feeling excited. There is a feeling of, oh, this is soothing. There is a feeling of appreciation for a conversation with Howie. And then there is the brief description of the feeling. Insight is to, amongst the many faces of it, is to see this simple inner process very clearly. Sight into, you see into, you see it. So I can have a certain trust in aha moments. You can have a certain trust in aha moments and a certain trust in non-aha moments too, <laughs> equally. <laughs> Why not?
insight, to sight into, see into, to see clearly. But then there's that mirror into a mirror into a mirror effect where I'm, what's seeing? This is already not seeing very clearly. (laughs) The thought is bouncing off the thought here. Yes. And to see clearly will cut the thought quickly. If not, you will find this mirror situation in which the thoughts will have thoughts about the thoughts. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be trapped in a sequence of of, uh, thinking. When the seeing clearly comes in, it acts like a guillotine on the thought. Hmm. Because we easily get strung out on thinking, 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 and then projections and thoughts about it. Why am I thinking so much? So to catch this is to bring the focus of energy, power of attention to the moment without any um, compromise to really cut the thought so that one is really back right in the present moment without any words, concepts, ideas, thought about whatever. And that's an expression of Clarity, it shows some uh, wisdom, and it shows that the mind does have a genuine power to cut thought when it's necessary. Okay. Okay what? Thank you. Right, thank you. <laughs> Good. Um, This is a question that's been hanging around for a long time. A long time. Nice. It's a question about ego death. Ego death. Oh, very good. (laughs) I knew you'd love this. (laughs) Um, So there's a book I read several years ago Mm. that's kind of haunted me ever since. Mm. It's a book called Chasm of Fire by Irina Tweedy. Ah, yes, 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 yes. I know, I know. Um, Sufi lady living in London. Yes. Do you know the book? I know the book, Gone from This World. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So basic story is that um, she becomes a disciple of Mm. uh, Sufi Sheikh in India. Yeah. And he chooses a very special path for her. Mm. It's a path where the ego is directly confronted and crushed. Yeah. Basically, he gives her an experience of deep and prolonged humiliation. Mm. It's a long time, 20 years since I saw the book. But anyway, yeah, go on, carry on. Is this what you're looking for? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been looking in, inside myself at yes. the potential for humiliation. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems as though there's kind of a long fall that's possible. Long fall? Yes. A lot of humiliation is possible. Mm. Um, and I'm wondering if that fall is necessary in order to fully understand what the teachings are pointing to. No. What's the difference between humiliation and humility in your experience? I would say humiliation is the sense of something inflated becoming deflated. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
Humility is the sense that there's nothing there to be inflated or deflated at all. Be honest, which is the preference? The latter. (laughs) (laughs) Yes? Preference in what sense? Uh, In sense of it's the way to go. The latter. The latter, all right. Say a little bit more on the latter. This, what is humility? This deeper level, deeper expression that you can can show. That seems hard to address. Um, what keeps coming to mind is, you know, situations where there is something there. There is some sense of wanting to be special, mm-hmm. wanting to be recognized. This is um, pride, isn't it? And wishing to socially be more humble. What would be an expression of humility as if there was nobody else in the world? So it had nothing to do with social position. What, would uh, what comes to mind is complete spontaneity. Go on, say why. There's no need to control the expressions of this personality, this body, this... All right. Okay. Heart, this mind. What do you think with Irene Tweedy? What was the word? Chasm of fire? What was it? Chasm of fire, yes. Yeah. Since that book you know, touched you and it's been around for uh, a while, is it a, essentially about, as it were, the burning up of the ego? Is that, is that, is that what grabbed you? Wow. Oh. Um... Yeah, there was, that was a piece of it. There was, you know, some fear about, is that necessary? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some wondering about whether there's a more direct path mm. than something involving crushing the ego, purifying it, yes. starving it, whatever. Mm-hmm. There is. Keep with the uh, humility for a moment. What makes you feel humble about life? Really humbles you about life. We're talking about humble in the second sense of. Yeah, absolutely. Really? That life humbles us. What humbles you about life? Again, the sense of um, 
Not being in control. Not being in control. Nice. Nice. Hmm? Having something come out of me that I, you know, yeah. have right. no responsibility for. Yes, which is all of it. So, there's what's coming out of one, and it's just um, essentially unplanned. This arises, you have no idea what my next question will be, and you have no idea what response you can give to it, because you haven't been forewarned. How do you feel about that? Just fine. <laughs> Wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> Surprises are always possible. Surprises, I'm sure, are going all right. The humility of not being in control, life is just spontaneously arising. When you speak, where's the level where it comes from? Yeah, yeah. Where's the sense? Right there. What's and what's the sense running down the rest? There's a sense of tension here. Tension. Layer of uh, I don't know something that keeps me up here. Yeah. Down below. Some sense of space, sort of a pillar of space running down here. Does it seem like here up something and here below not much? Um, Here up something, here below the less controlled part. The less controlled part. So here you've got a handle on it, then after that? Um, I wouldn't say that the sense of being controlled is no. having a handle on it no. at all. All right, all right. I suppose you could put a fair bit of pressure on yourself as some people do, to try to really get into themselves. Mm-hmm. You could do all sorts of, um, what should we call it, emotional workouts. Yeah? You get lots of rushes and feelings running up through here, and et cetera, et cetera. Or you could do the opposite. What would, what would be the opposite? The opposite would be starving the part of me that... Uh... I mean, this bit? Um... I wouldn't divide it that way. No. Um, I would say it's starving the part that wants to you know, explore emotional depths, find emotional depths yeah. in myself. Right. Is there anything more significant than the exploration of one's emotional life? Because there's you know, lots of stress placed on this, in these kind of circles. 
what this says is that which is unlimited. That which is unlimited. All right. I have a tendency towards abstraction sometimes. Hey, no. <laughs> Fair enough. This is the world up here a, li a little bit. You said you went to um, um, an Advaita, a non-dual teacher, and spent a week with uh, her, and this kind of energized you or re-energized you. Mm -hmm. What was it that touched you about that? about the contact with her or the situation? Um, some of it was that sort of sense of getting in contact with emotions more deeply. Mm -hmm. um, I would say at a deeper level, it was a sense of experiencing myself as natural in some way. Isn't that right? Experiencing the self as natural. Nice. Even deeper? Understanding myself as something that lies upstream from any distinctions my mind might care to make. Say it again. Understanding myself as lying upstream from any distinctions my mind might care to make. All right. So, you're... Um a sense that your true nature is greater than all the distinctions the mind makes. Nice one. Nice one. What's the function of the ego? Protection. Yeah. Make distinctions. So? What's the humility? Ego can only do one thing. Latch onto something and make a distinction. Had some experience with the... Uh, what was the good lady's name? Pamela Wilson. Pamela Wilson. That mind, bless it, keeps making distinctions. And on those distinctions, it feeds on them, like a piranha. Then one has some sense, well, that's what the mind does. Mm -hmm. But then there's a sense of, that's not my true nature, that's not really who I am or whatever. How, and all the ego is all wrapped up with that distinction-making. When you had the communication with the uh, Pamela Wilson hmm? and uh, listening and exploring all of this, how really clear was it? Mind makes distinctions and there are no distinctions to us. Um, I would say it was... vague impression. A vague impression. Yes. Mm. Not enough fire in it. No. All distinctions are subject to birth and death. When we liberate ourselves from all these distinctions, 
we've also liberated ourselves in the same moment from birth and death. So what's going to take it from a vague impression to, whoa, as he's scratching his head. Hmm? A vague impression to, whoa, ego lives in the field of birth and death. Ego lives in the field of distinctions. Wow, who wants to live like that? Rather Socratic, I have to say. Mm. Fair enough, I do it also. Mm. Ego is speechless. And don't speak from the ego. <laughs> it's clear, it's obvious. I never do. So. Notice <laughs> anyone else. <laughs> ego has no power, Christopher. No, no, it's true. That's true. Therefore, ego has no power. It's all a deceptive. It's all a mirage, a fiction. This ego stuff. So, speak without it. Always am. Oh, yeah. I like like the confidence. Nice. Good. Speak without reference to distinctions. That's impossible. Speech is made out of distinctions. How's the humility right now? Um, seems fine. Yes? <laughs> yeah. When the, um, when you made the reference to, what was the word? Vague impression. Hmm? Vague impression. And then I responded with something more affirmative. Vague impression is a little bit like knocking on the open door of liberation, freedom from distinctions, rather gently. Knocking on an open door rather gently. Anything needing to happen to bring an empowerment so there's not a vague impression? It's the clear, blinding truth. The habit is, of course, to think that there is something. Mm. Mm -hmm. But I don't know that I should put any trust in the habit. No, no, no. 
How's the life from... in the being? Feels a little more porous. Porous. Nice. Anything else I can say to make it even more porous? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I need you to say anything. <laughs> nice. Good attitude. We could be done now if you wanted to be. Give me a moment or two. Mm. The thought just arose that a few years ago you might have been more hesitant to come up here. Um, That's true. So, what's making the movement? This has gone through various phases. There was a phase where I was terrified Mm -hmm. about coming up here, wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. There was a phase where I made myself come up. Mm -hmm. There was a phase where I would come up if a question seemed to have naturally honed itself to a point Mm -hmm. where it needed to be asked. Mm -hmm. And then there was a long phase where I didn't come up at all. And then this is, I think, the first time I've come up here in several years. Mm. Um, there was a sense that a question had arisen. Mm-hmm. It was a question worth asking. Mm. Mm. It was a question that I didn't feel any need to ask if you know other people had yes. things they yeah. wanted to talk about. Mm. But since nobody seemed to be mm. leaping into the fray, <laughs> the the sense that I have both today and previously always the. the to your credit, the strongest and deeper, deepest interest is in, as it were, the ultimacy of things. Not in the stories, not in the relative, not in the conventional, not in the everyday. There's some. That's for squares. That's for squares. <laughs> You're right. And uh, that, that interest has been very consistent with you. Does it feel the interest? And the actuality or the fulfillment of the interest is getting closer together. Yes. Yes? Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Good. May it be blend together like milk and honey. Thank you. Thank you. to the specific situation of a person's life, which is our life. There is natural wish to, hopefully, to understand the event that's taking place. The son and the community, or the son and the father, the father and the son, etc. The man and the, the, the woman, the meeting and the parting, the uh, events of life. And 
though all of that has its importance in the relative way, in the conventional way, these events and experiences of our life do matter, do clearly play a regular and consistent part. But it's somehow in the quality of presence and awareness and interest that we bring that the event speaks to us of something greater than itself. It carries with it the potential to reveal something more than itself. But sometimes, and as Kevin was pointing out, we sometimes get caught in the detail, in the nuances of what's taking place. And we need this a certain kind of element of receptivity and space to actually sense the ordinary is speaking of the transordinary. It's telling of something which can't be measured, which is indestructible. And it's kind of shining through the event. But we get the self gets locked into the event caught into the detail. And the extraordinary thing, the ordinary is the revelation of the ultimate. But we get a bit trans bit fixed with the ordinary. So in our explorations we're looking at what we project into it. We're trying to see the situation just for itself. But we want to see what its potential is to reveal something greater than itself, which is unutterable and indestructible. And so sometimes the saints and the sages have reminded us that nirvana is not one thought away from samsara. Master Eckhart, for those of you who like religious language, said, God is revealed equally in hell as in heaven. Whoa. Whoa. The truth is never further away than where the biggest fiction is. Whoa. Our liberation is closer than the thought in our mind. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.